in the book of John, the third chapter and the third verse. Jesus says, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Nicodemus asks, how can we be born again? Jesus replies, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. So end of his word. We have been born again. Those of us that have declared Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, we have been born again. I struggled with that for years and years and years. I had the same perception that Nicodemus did. How can we be born again? And yet, each and every time, I am blessed with the opportunity of baptizing someone. I know exactly, exactly what is meant. The very first person I ever baptized was my own daughter. I was an elder in the church and the minister asked me to do it. Why? I do not know. Uh, none of the other elders were called to do that. But for some reason he asked me to baptize Ashley. And as she came out of that water and walked out of the baptistry, moi began to cry like a baby for the emotional experience of holding my child at that moment in that time. Dear Heavenly Father, please be with the crew of that helicopter. Please be with the party there. They are picking up. We ask for safety, safe journey, and safe healing. Be with all the family. Be with them all, Lord. Amen. We know that in this world, we have trials, we have tribulation, and there are those times in which we have fallen short of what we know as Christians we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to live. But if it's any recollection or any um, condolence, there is not a single person that is mentioned in the Bible except Jesus Christ Himself that did not have weaknesses that did not have those frail times. I don't care if it's Abraham. I don't care if it's Adam. I don't care if it's David. Every one of them had their weakness. In the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, the first verse says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. It's not faith if we can see it. We know it to be a reality. I see a, a truck go down the highway. That's a reality. That's not faith. I see a red and white vehicle don't go down the highway. That's reality. It's not faith. But when we cannot see it, and we go to the Lord, it's out of faith that we go to Him. We mentioned Debbie that we prayed for. We don't even know Debbie. We could not see her, but we prayed for Debbie, and there are miracles. Every day there are miracles. You and I are a miracle. 
And the fact that we're here today worshiping Him is a miracle. Because we had other things that would be pulling on us. Tugging on us. The devil will do anything he can to keep you and me from coming into his house, the house of the Lord. The devil is never satisfied until he is conquering your life and my life. As I said in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, the 11th verse, the 4th verse says, By faith, Abel. By faith, Noah. These are different paragraphs, but this this is the way they begin. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. By faith, the prostitute Rahab. These are are names that are familiar with each and every one of us. We have heard the names. We have heard their stories. We may not have immediate recollection of, of their stories, but their names are prominent in our minds. We have such individuals as as Noah who had his weaknesses even though he was chosen as one out of the entire population to preserve the humankind. And yet he too was weak. We know that David had his weaknesses. He was an adulterer. He was a liar. He was a murderer. And yet he found favor in the eyes of God because of his faith. So many times I hear it said that individuals do not go to church or they choose a church in which they are not made to feel guilty each time they go to church. Well, if we feel guilty, it's because we are guilty. Each and every one of us are guilty of sin. Sin of lust, of stealing of murder if we hate someone or have hated someone. The Ten Commandments, if we go through there, even like honoring your mother and father, if there was times you held bitterness against mom and dad, you know, that's, that is a sin. But, but, there is Jesus Christ who gave that blood for those sins that gave the blood. In the book of John, we have studied before where Jesus went to the well and visited with a Samaritan girl. And that was unheard of in that day. The two did not mix and it went back 600 years in which there was a division between the Hebrews and the Samaritans. And yet Jesus goes there and He is sitting there and the lady comes in at noontime to get water. The reputable women of the community come in the morning when it's cool, but this lady, so she would not be harassed or maybe even tormented, would come at noontime 
should rather have the heat from the sun instead of the heat from the comments of others. And Jesus asked her for water, and she said, you don't do that. That's, you know, Hebrews don't ask Samaritan women for water. But he did. He says, if you knew who you were talking to, you would know that you have the living water. Jesus asked that she go and call her husband and come back. She says, I have no husband. You're right, Jesus says. You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Jesus told her all about her past. She runs to the community and says, come and meet this man. He must be the Messiah, for he was able to tell me everything that I have done. So the individuals in the community come out and see Jesus. Some believed he was the Messiah because of what this lady had said, but then they talked Jesus into staying for a couple of more days, and they too were converted to Christianity and believed that he was the Savior. She had some rough edges. But don't we all? Our story somewhere is written in the Bible. Somewhere, that story is our story. For we have all stumbled, we have all fallen, we've all made mistakes that we regret. As Christians, you know that Jesus Christ has died for your sins, and they have been forgiven. But we are just experts at beating ourselves up for our past. The Romans were experts at executing, such as thrusting the sword into the side of Jesus where it could do the most damage. We are experts at beating ourselves up for our past, and a lot of people are not in any church because they're still beating themselves up. This last week I had the opportunity to go into a shop. I've got two pins on me that this gentleman made. So I wanted to meet John. No, it's not John White, but his name is John. And I saw this sitting on a ledge, and I asked him to tell me about it. See, the bark is still on the outside of it. This was a tree limb, and he had turned it, and turned this part of it, then put some clamps on and turn this, and this is all one piece of wood. Then he, uh, one of the saws, I'm going to say it's a jigsaw, and Gerald will probably correct me later, or he'll just make it up. This is one piece of wood, and it's called the rugged cross. Can you envision the tree limb that he started with and how rust, rust it is 
how rough it is too. Can you imagine, you know, having the vision to see a tree limb and he says sometimes he doesn't even know until he gets into it what it's actually going to be. And it has some marks down here at the uh, bottom. And he says he envisioned that being drops of blood as he turned and worked this. I'm going to pass this around and y'all can pass it on back. Now this is one of my treasures of his. He had blocks of wood that was almost too hard to get your arms around. And he would spin and turn and cut. And how he gets all of those colors in there, the red, the turquoise, the black, I do not know. But you see how beautiful the work is? And it started out by just being another log. Earl, I'll let you. Can you see it? Okay. I'll just start it back here then. Uh, when I saw that cross, I realized this is Wayne. This is all of us, rough and crude, until we find Jesus Christ. Until we take Jesus Christ on and have the the heart of Christ, until we accept Him and accept His Word that we will be forgiven, that we will be born again. He is working on us today. We're still the rugged cross. We're not the finished piece. We are still being worked on in every way, in our personal life, in our social life, in, in our, the way we talk about people, the things we utter the feelings in our heart against someone, just on and on. We're not pure. We're not like silk. But we are forgiven. And so, when you leave today, I ask that you not be beating yourself up. Yeah, maybe I stepped on your toes, and I hope so. Sometimes you don't wake up, you know, we don't wake up until there's some kind of pain associated with it. And so there's the pain, ooh, he just stepped on my toes again. Huh, Charlene? And uh, Charlene's talking to Bill. And uh, I know she is without sin, so I don't know what their conversation But remember, remember him. The reason you're sitting here today is not because you're perfect, not because every thought you have is perfect. You're sitting here because you believe in Jesus Christ. And you believe in Jesus Christ's Word that says you are forgiven. And there is salvation. In the Old Testament, there is a comparable story of Rahab. Rahab the prostitute. And when the Hebrews were going to invade Jericho, they sent a couple of scouts out, spies out, to try to evaluate the situation. And Rahab helped them escape. And Rahab, as a result of that, was saved herself. She says, we know your God is so powerful. We have seen and heard what you have done to your enemy. We know 
And I ask that you remember my kindness to you because the, the army of the Jericho were looking for them and she hit them. And she says, I ask that you do for me what I have done for you. I have saved your lives and I ask that you, when you invade this country, that you will save my life. And she hung a red cord out the window and adjoins the wall of Jericho so they'd know exactly where she and her family were. And if you look into the ancestry of Jesus Christ, you will see that it says the harlot Rahab. That's in his family tree. We are work in progress. We're like that chunk of wood that that man takes and makes these beautiful atoms out of. But we're not perfect. But he is. He is perfect. And his blood, his blood, was for the remission of the sins of all that would ever declare Him as their Lord and their Savior. By that witness, you are guaranteed, I am guaranteed salvation for eternity. How long is eternity? We don't know. Forever and ever and ever. We are blessed because of Jesus Christ. We have some wisdom or we would not have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. But just like that tree limb, He's not finished with us. He's still working with us. He's still polishing us. He's still fine-tuning us so that the next time we are faced with a temptation and we all have certain weaknesses, and when we face those temptations and we know, goodness, that's my Achilles tendon. That's where I'm the weakest. That's when we go to our knees, literally or figuratively, and go to our knees and declare, Christ, give me the strength. Give me the courage to be a witness for you that this day I can stand for you. This day. I declare you as our Lord and our Savior. This day, I will not forsake you. God loves you. He loves us for what we are. But that doesn't mean that He doesn't want us to polish ourselves up, to clean our act up so that tomorrow we are a stronger witness, a more courageous witness than we were yesterday, today, and even tomorrow we'll be stronger yet.